Oh, hello, it is me, that's how the theme song goes. It is your, uh, your host for the podcast, Flag. Uh, if you didn't know, this is a podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Constitutional Podcast. I'm just kidding, guys. It's me. It's your boy, Ch- uh, Chatty McD. Nope, that's not my name. That's not my name. Uh... <laughs> This is this is Chad. Oh my God, I am in a silly mood today. Uh, big news, big news, big news. I, I I dropped one job, picked up two more jobs, and now I have three jobs. I'm I'm serving and walking dogs, and I'm uh, what's the last job? Moving. I'm doing I'm doing moving. All this is save up so I can move out west. And it's gonna it's gonna be very busy. Today was very busy. Today I walked uh, I walked five dogs today. In in uh, in the city of Atlanta, drove down. I was very late to all of them, <laughs> but you know what? Boy, was it a good time. I should probably mute the computer before it makes a noise. Uh, but you know, uh, yeah, we got a full slate today. Not really. But it's got. I just I watched uh, four movies this weekend from Redbox. So that's pretty much it. That's all I did. I'm, I'm not. I'm a very. I'm a very boring uh, person. I I have nothing really going on in my life. Tomorrow I'm gonna. <laughs> tomorrow I have a day off, so I'm gonna watch um, Game Night. Maybe I'll see a Wrinkle in Time. This might be my only chance to see a Wrinkle in Time without children being there. But I th- I'm pretty sure I'm just gonna watch Game Night. And I think I'm gonna enjoy myself. Not think. I know I will enjoy myself. It's gonna be real fun, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna be alone. It's gonna be one thirty. I pray I'm alone, but it's gonna be one thirty at this uh, Aurora Cineplex up here, my movie theater, my movie theater of choice, nice and cheap. It's two dollar off Tuesdays, which means that my ticket's gonna be like three bucks, I believe. I believe what time? It's at one thirty, so that means my ticket. If it, if I go before noon, it's five dollars, but if I go afternoon, I think it's seven. So I think it might be five dollars. Regardless, I want to watch this movie. Heard good things about it. Heard real good things about it. I actually know somebody worked on that uh, film. And, and I don't know, doing, I guess, doing, uh, well, of course, doing behind the camera work. Uh, PA stuff. Also asked that person how to get into the industry. She did not offer me anything. <laughs> Barely even gave me advice. <laughs> Ended the conversation in less than three messages. <laughs> that's not, that's not funny. You know what? I can't wait till I am I am in a position uh, where I can help people out, even if it's just with advice. I cannot. I, I that's going to be one of the the better things that I can do, because if someone had even offered even offered to give me tell me just to tell me things, just to sit down and have a chat with me, then and and I'm not saying people haven't done that. I when I talk to comedians and even when I talk to people who are aren't even that huge but they have they're successful and they've made it uh that i can i'm thinking of two guys two people right now who you know i'll just name them because no one's listening to this podcast dave ebert dave ebert is that his name ebert and uh diallo riddle from marlin dave ebert was on not exactly news on mtv and see this is why i remember these very specific things about these guys uh also those are two interviews that i think lasted for over half an hour each, but we were both of them. We were just jamming back and forth, having wonderful conversation. And, and then we have, and then, you know, I talked to some other people who, and one, one other person, I'm not going to say man or woman, but this person was, uh, not, not having it when I was interviewing them. 
<laughs> and I, every time I see this person on television, well, I don't see him on television a lot, but uh, he was on an uh, <laughs> I said he, whatever. Uh, <laughs> he was on an episode of a TV show that I review, and um, and uh, just just recently, and I just thought I thought, man, that 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 guy was a, a very mean to me the time that he was um and I was I was interviewing him but you know what that's not that's in the past I believe he was having a rough week I believe he was sick as well but still kind of still anyway Dave Ebert and Diallo Riddle both offered me just advice and stuff like that and it was it was very nice they didn't have to do that they didn't they didn't have to sit down I'm very thankful first of all when I sit down with a comedian and have a conversation with them or a composer because I've talked to two composers. Uh, when I sit down with somebody, I interview, we have a long conversation and then they go, oh, this is great. And then they thank me and I go, no, thank you. That is my favorite part. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. The least favorite part is writing it, is <laughs> typing everything up, but I got to do it. But I love talking to people, uh, especially when they're, when they're appreciative of even talking to a website that barely gets enough views to, to register on the Richter scale of uh, Richter, Andy Richter scale, the Andy Richter scale of <laughs> of website hits. I just really, I, what I'm saying is I appreciate Dave Ebert and uh, Diallo Riddle. Very, two wonderful guys, and I, I wish them the best of luck. Diallo's on that Marlin TV show, and he's sold a TV show to HBO, I believe. With uh, Bashir Salahuddin. I hope I'm pronouncing that last name right. I'm not even looking it up. Just knowing that I pronounced it right. Anyway, let's move on to uh, the things that I have written down on the topic for the week list. Topics for the week list. I want to start with the... I'm going to start with uh, Beyond Scared Straight. Because <laughs> I've been really getting back into that show. <laughs> I love that show so much. If you don't know what Beyond Scared Straight is, it's basically... It's a continuation of what the Scared Straight... I believe that was in the 80s or 90s. Uh, let's look it up. Uh, Scared Straight was a, uh, was a, yeah, 90s. It was 90s. Oh, 78. Oh, my gosh. It was in the 70s and 80s, late 70s, 80s. Uh, it was a documentary series that was, <laughs> that utilized real inmates in prisons to scare bad kids into being good kids. And, I, I think it's great. I think we should continue doing these things. Uh, but they have, and so and basically a lot of prisons around the country have adopted this program where they really, they're just trying to get the kids to avoid prison life. So now uh, there are scared straight uh, programs all around the country. I assume the world because scared straight's wonderful. And, and so uh, what happens is parents, these kids are bad. They like, they sneak out of their houses. They talk back. They have, they've been arrested before they have police called on them. Uh, they're, they, they caught, they fight, they do all these different things. And now their parents sign them up for these, this program, the, and a camera crew fault for beyond scared straight. Uh, cause this is the, now this is the, the, the aughts, the 2000s, uh, 2010s version of, of scared straight. So they, they, uh, 
they uh, the parents sign them up for these programs and these kids get taken to a local jail and they're so a lot of them for some reason a lot of them are in the south and a lot of them are in Georgia and a lot of them are in Fulton County <laughs> and these kids get sent these kids get sent to these these prisons and they just experience uh, what prison life is like they get sometimes most of the time they they generally fall a path a pattern so. They get taken to these jails. They get treated uh, with the same intake as the regular prisoners would be. So they have to not strip their clothes, of course, but they put on these jumpsuits. They eat the same food. They uh, meet up with uh, people, with men and women barking at them uh, through their... It's not even... There's not a lot of them don't have jail cells. A lot of them are plastic cages, which is very uh, scary to see, but... These kids are being yelled at and uh, and they're just being screamed at. And it's so honestly, it's so scary. And I'm so glad I was a good boy when I was growing up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and why does it have an IMDb page? Why does Beyond Scared Straight have an IMDb page? It, who are these people? First of all, I don't. <laughs> why do these kids have Beyond, have uh, IMDb pages? Is somebody are these people uh, being, are they using it? Are they, are they getting more jobs from this DJ King assassin? He was in a lot of stuff. The King assassin show. What is this? What in the world? Are some of these people actors? Are they lying to me? I am so mad right now. Anyway, beyond scared straight is a, is a great docuseries. I, th- I believe it's over. It ran from 2011 to 2015 on the A&E Network. You can watch it all on Hulu. There's 83 episodes. I urge you to watch 83 of them. <laughs> they, it does get tiresome, but it's such a good palate cleanser. <laughs> I love that show so much. Um, then let's move on to uh, The Grinch. The Grinch. There's a new Grinch movie coming from Illumination. This is not a new show. <laughs> this is not a new show. But I saw, the, I saw this, uh, this trailer and I thought... Who need do we need another Grinch movie? We are how far are we how far removed are we from the last one? The Jim Carrey one, I believe, came out in 03 or 02 or 04 in the early aughts. I like saying aughts. The so the Jim Carrey one came out relatively recently, within the past decade or so. What definitely or so in the past decade and a half. What what should we call that? Two decades? You want to round up? Yeah, let's do that. To in the past two decades. Cause that would make it two it's two thousand eighteen? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at my engineer and he's giving me a thumbs up. My engineer's name is Ron. Uh, if you watch news time, then you know, Ron is uh, an, an invisible producer that I uh, talk to off camera to pretend like uh, news time is <laughs> important. Anyway, illumination is new in the Grinch movie. Benedict Cumberbatch is voicing the Grinch. And it just seems like an illumination with movie with a Grinch, <laughs> a Grinch overlay on it. Which I think, I guess is fine, because those movies make money. Anything that they do make makes money. They're also doing the Mario movie, which is very strange. And I don't know. I know uh, the Shigeru Miyamoto. Uh, is, is it Miyamoto? Yeah, I think Miyamoto is the one who spoke to the head of the Illumination. Illumination is a French animation company, and they've done Despicable Me, the Minions movies, Secret Life of Pets, and another movie I'm forgetting that's obviously not as important as. I wonder for Secret Life, Secret Life of Pets, too. If they're going to bring back Louis C.K. I doubt they will. And what I think they should do is move on to another set of pets. I don't think they should. They that's such a it's they're in a they're in New York. 
They don't have to follow the same template that every, literally every cartoon sequel has ever followed. If there's an Oliver and Company 2 movie, I would love it to be about, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why is it Oliver. Or how about We're Back at Dinosaur Story 2? It's all about another set of dinosaurs that were alive. Or so for Oliver and Company 2, it'd be Oliver and Company, again, <laughs> I mean, a different set of animals. <laughs> so for Secret Life of Pets is what I'm saying is they should need they should get more more animals. Don't bring back Kevin Hart. Don't bring back Eric Stone Street. Don't bring back Louis C.K. Obviously not Louis C.K. <laughs> but have a different set of pets. I'm just saying. I think Paula Patton was a cat. I don't recall. All right. The Grinch movie, Illumination. That looks it looks weird. Just watch the trailer. It looks it looks like an Illumination movie, but and it doesn't look like Horton Hears a Who. I believe that was 20th century, not 20th century. That's an, that's the indie, that's the independent one. Uh, no, Fox Searchlight. No, I, I believe uh, Horton Hears a Who the movie, Horton Hears a Who, Horton Hears a Who the film was a. I'm gonna say I haven't clicked enter yet on my Google search. I'm gonna say it's either Fox or Blue Sky. Blue Sky is owned by Fox. It's uh, let's check it out, Chad, you idiot. Horton here's a who film. 2008 made 297 million dollars and a budget of 85 million dollars. 20th Century Fox. I was right. And Blue Sky. I was double right. Man, that's a good film. That is a good movie. I was gonna say cartoon. That's a wonderful, fantastic film. Uh, That was a Blue Skies movie. Their movie. Blue Skies, uh, Ferdinand was nominated for an Oscar, also because there were very limited cartoon movies this year, with the exception of Lego Batman, which should have been nominated for a freaking Oscar. <sighs> I don't understand this. How are they making so many Ice Age movies? I tried to watch Collision Course. I don't think I finished it. I fell asleep. I tried to watch it over the course of two weeks. I fell asleep in the middle of it. I dropped the marker. That's how boring that movie is. I dropped the mark, and that's how boring it is. All right, but yeah, let's, see, let's let's move on to what I was really wanting to talk about. I went to Redbox twice this weekend, right after work, right after serving all day long. I got I, I went back in, I went to Redbox, and I said I gotta get some movies. I gotta catch up on these Oscar winners and losers. And this is my favorite time of the year to watch movies because there are so many movies available, and now that we have so many avenues of watching them, I have so many streams, so many ways of watching them, it's just it's just so easy. Florida Project, I watched. Wonderful film. Willem Dafoe uh, and a bunch of kids. (laughs) Uh, It's a a wonderful... I I watched it on a a Saturday morning before work. That was a very strange way to watch that film. But it's it's about these kids that live just a stone's throw away from the Disney World or Disneyland in Florida. But they live in these crappy motels, and their parents are literally scraping by just to get money. Uh, and it's it's a wonderful film. And I, these kids, I hate, I, I do not like kids, but man, these kids are, are were so talented, cursing and stuff, screaming at each other. The uh, the woman, there's a woman that was found over Instagram to star. She is. We're almost twins. If she was born 16 days later, we'd be twins. Uh, she was for, found. Her name is Bria Vinite, 
and uh, she has a lot of tattoos. She, <laughs> she really, she really, that role was really meant for her. Uh, Willem Dafoe plays the manager of the, uh, it, so uh, the motel is called the Magic Castle Motel. It's not magic, it's garbage. It's filthy. Um, and yeah, it's really, it's really good. It tells a simple story, not simple, but it tells a simple story of these kids just being kids. How they spend every day of their summer by themselves walking around the greater uh, Kissimmee, Florida area. Yeah. And it sucks. It sucks. They live right outside Walt Disney World. Okay. Uh, A24 produced this movie, distributed this movie. I'm sorry. It was uh, really, I love A24. And I'm going to do an episode of News Time about them and the rise of their work. Uh, if you don't know them, they're an independent film distributor. They buy films. They're like Netflix. They they buy films and they send them out. Anyway, it's a good movie. You should watch it. I don't think Willem Dafoe should have been nominated for an award for that. I, it doesn't make sense because he was... The movie is, I would say, one-third about the kids, one-third about Willem, and then one-third... He's the manager of the hotel. And then one-third about the uh, Haley, which is Bria Viante, the Instagram model. I don't understand a lot of, but these kids are wonderful and I, and I hope they do well. Also, Caleb Landry Jones is in that movie and he was on in another movie that I watched this weekend. Oh, he, he, oh, he was another movie I watched this weekend. It was, uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I'll get to that in a second. I was, <laughs> so one thing I don't like about this movie and I actually have a very big issue with Sean Baker, who's the director of this movie. And I, I think he wrote the movie as well. He made a movie called Tangerine. Uh, 2015. It, well, it was released in 2015. And he shot it on an iPhone. All right. And that was the whole story around it. Oh, he shot on an iPhone. Oh, oh. it wasn't about that. It was about uh, transgender sex workers. It wasn't about uh, this and that. It was about this guy shot it with three iPhone 5S's. Also, what my friend told me, who was a, a big cinematographer fan, so big that he spends all of his money on nice cameras and editing. He and his uh, partner spend nice money, uh, edit filming partner, <laughs> spend money on, uh, these cameras, these drones and all this stuff. They spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on this stuff. And he told me that, uh, Baker shot the, the movie Tangerine on, on an iPhone with a very expensive lens. So there you go. No, the entire story, every story is about uh, them shooting on iPhones. No, they bought a thousands of dollar lens. Apparently, I'm not even gonna look that up to double check. <laughs> anyway, that being said, the last minute of the movie of Florida the Pro- the Florida Project uh, goes back to being shot on the iPhone. Like the the entire movie's uh, so Tangerine was shot on iPhone. Florida Project wasn't. It was shot with regular cameras until you get to the last minute of the movie where they're running through Disneyland. Since you can't take cameras into Disneyland, they shot an iPhone. They're running through Disneyland. And it's it was admittedly jarring, but I guess it was fine in the end. It was shot on 35 millimeter, and then they went back to uh Oh, he was using his iPhone 6S Plus. God, that is that makes me so mad. Who cares? Don't use a phone to shoot the phone should not be used to shoot anything important. Alright, take it seriously. Oh, he wrote he wrote an entire book uh, in calligraphy 
on legal paper on legal pads and we just photocopied it and now we're we're going to sell it don't do that <laughs> okay moving on three billboards outside of Ebbing, missouri this is a very polarizing film uh starring francis mcdormand that's the one she won for and the oscars well woody harrelson sam rockwell wonderful film it's just so i i loved it so much i bo- it felt more like a play that was turned into a movie and i would love to see it as a play and i don't know how it would work as a play but i think it would i think it would do really well as a play uh and it was it was so it's so it's very funny it's it's a dramatic film but it's very funny in the worst places the worst possible places and it gets very com- comedic in those places as well. Martin McDonough is the director and writer of the film. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that <laughs> that uh, if you have an issue with some stuff, then you probably shouldn't watch it. You have an issue with racism, uh, domestic violence, <laughs> uh, uh, assault, <laughs> just <laughs> just that stuff in general. Just avoid it so you don't so you're not you know triggered or anything. But it was a very it's a very good movie. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and, and, uh, and like I said, it's very, it's very funny at, at points. If <laughs> I mean, there was one, there's one scene where, uh, Francis McDormand's ex-husband comes into the house as she, so the, the entire thing of the movie is in the first five minutes of the movie, she buys, she rents out these three billboards. Her daughter was raped and killed and the police haven't, aren't doing anything to find the killer. And so, uh, her husband finds out about this, comes to the house and he, then after a conversation, he flips the table over and he starts to choke her. Um, and then uh, their son's there, and he's a and he has a a knife around the husband's neck, the dad's neck, and then the dad's new girlfriend comes in, and she it is the it is the funniest thing because she goes, oh, this seems like I was gonna ask to use the uh, bathroom, but this seems like a bad time to use the bathroom, so I'm just not gonna ask because it looks like a bad time to use the bathroom. <laughs> it's so wonderful peter dinklage is in it um yeah it's just a really good movie i think i think everybody if if you're gonna if you think you're gonna like it then watch it if you're not then don't because it's not for you it's not for everybody not everything's for everybody uh also i saw beatrice at dinner that is a selma hayek movie uh did not turn out to be anything i thought it was gonna be (laughs) i i liked it that's not to say i didn't like it but I, i liked it but it did not turn out to be anything I thought it was going to be the movie is uh, was written by Mike White, who, you know, as uh, the guy who did um, he did the emoji movie. What the heck? Uh, Nacho Libre, School of Rock, Pitch Perfect three. Oh, my God. Brad status. OK, cool. I'll watch that. Uh, the D train. Uh, he was in. He was in the D train. He was in Enlightened. He what else did he do? Orange County. Dawson's Creek. Freaks and Geeks. Man, good for him. Uh, anyway, so he did, and he wrote that movie, uh, Beatrice of Dinner. And Miguel Arteta is the one <laughs> who directed it. Oh, he also did. Uh, he's in Duck Butter too. Is he in? Is he in it, or did he direct it? Yeah, he directed Duck Butter. That's the, a new Duplass uh, Brothers movie coming out. I can't wait. It's gonna be great. I rhymed. Anyway, Beatrice of Dinner is about a holistic. Uh, cancer, I don't want to say doctor, but healer 
uh, played by Selma Hayek. She uh, gets her car breaks down at a dinner party of a friend's slash clients. And she is has to stay there with John Lithgow, Connie Britton, Jay Duplass, Amy Lang Decker, uh, Chloe Sevigny from Big Love. And uh, who's David Warsharsty? David Warsharsty. Anyway. My watch has told me to walk. I walked almost 20,000 steps a day. I think I deserve to sit down. Uh, so Beatrice at dinner is about her, and uh, she thinks she knows who uh, John Lithgow's character is. Turns out he is he caused her hometown of in, uh, I believe, Mexico a lot of strife, and she's trying to get revenge on him <laughs> in the middle of this dinner party. Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's it's a very strange movie, very pitch, picturesque movie as well. Uh, watch it if you like. Uh, I think Selma Hayek's great, and how does she remain gorgeous after all these years? She's in her 50s. She's um, just fantastic. It's the Spanish and her blood. Moving on to <laughs> Roman J. Israel Esquire. That is a, it's a legal movie from Dan Gilroy, who wrote and directed this film. Uh, he's a guy who did Nightcrawler, and he co-wrote Kong Skull Island, and I like both those movies, and Real Steel. I did not like the new Born Legacy, uh, Born Legacy t- uh, 2012. I believe that's the one with Jeremy Renner. I saw that in theaters. That's the only Born movie I've ever seen. I was lost. He also did Free Jack. That's very strange. <laughs> Free Jack. It takes place in 2009. It was shot. It was uh, made in 2002. Emilio Estevez, Mick Jagger, Rene Russo, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Look at that lineup. Oh my gosh. Oh, Free Jack. That is not a good film. Um, anyway, Roman J. Israel is about Denzel Washington's character, Roman J. Israel, Esquire. And he's a lawyer and activist working for a small law firm in Los Angeles. What if I just read the whole plot synopsis on Wikipedia? Uh, his partner dies. And his the his office he's he's not particularly the best at his job he's not he, <laughs> okay so his partner is the one who took care of the stuff inside the courtroom he's the one who did stuff outside the courtroom and he's like the savant he's essentially what Rain Man is he's essentially what um, a beautiful mind is <laughs> all these char- every character is named after every main character is named after the title of the movie Kong Skull Island right. Uh, no, he's he's a savant, but he has he's on the spectrum, um, and so uh, I don't know. He just it's weird. It's a strange movie, and that's that, that I'm gonna tell you right now. That is a movie that is not for everyone. But you know what? I I liked. The, the, here's an issue. Uh, so it's and Colin Colin Farrell's in it as well, and so Colin Farrell's character was friends with. Uh, uh, Denzel Washington's partner's character. He he has a law practice too, and he bought Roman J. Israel's law practice. Not he no, he just he just hired Roman J. Israel, uh, Denzel Washington, and now he's doing work for them. And then uh that's it. That's the entire movie. So <laughs> oh Eddie, and uh Roman J. Israel doesn't have a car in Los Angeles. He walks around everywhere. And yeah, that's it. So about halfway through this movie, I just want to get this part really quick. Halfway through this movie. <laughs> The movie ends. It's, this movie is two hours and uh, two minutes long. An hour into the movie, I swear on my life, this movie ends. It just stops. The uh, Romans Romans character has a love interest, and they like each other. He he gets money somehow. Um, he he's doing well at this uh, job. He's moving an apartment into a new apartment out of this squalor box that he was living in. And that and that's how the movie ends. I, the movie could have ended there and I'd have been fine. The movie could have been 70 minutes long and I would have been fine. But then 
they uh, Gilroy starts introducing these these weird elements where Israel and it's never explained. It's never explained. I kept waiting for it to be explained. Israel and I think it's I think it's something. Uh, Israel's I'll I, I'll tell you I'll tell you what it is before I keep talking. Israel starts hearing ringings and stuff that he wasn't hearing at the beginning of the film. He's talking to himself. He's not understanding what what anyone else is saying, and he's just doing and he's just generally being weirder than he usually was when we were watching the movie. And then, uh, but Gilroy never explains where this is coming from. Uh, he, he does something to get money that that's unethical, not kind of unethical, it, unethical. It is unethical. And he, and he gets a hundred thousand dollars, uh, and reward money by doing this thing. Uh, and, and then that's it. I mean, he just, and then they, they don't do anything to explain. I, th- I believe it's guilt. I don't under, I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why they didn't, uh, decide to, to explore this option, but I, I don't know. It's very strange. And I don't want to press myself to continue looking at this, but yeah, it's whatever. Like, why would you, why would you have a character? Why don't introduce character traits and then not explore them? It's like, like I, I zombies on right now, of course, because I'm recording this too late. About twelve hours before it goes up, I Zombie is on right now. Why would like? What imagine if we're this is? I think we're four seasons in. Let me double check. I believe we're four. Yep, four seasons in. So we're four seasons in. What if we just introduce that? Uh, Live the main character can eat brains and she can see visions halfway through the series life. It doesn't make sense. But I think I Zombie is a great show. No, we're talking about Roman J Israel. Uh, no, Roman J Israel was. I don't know. I mean, just the first half was a little bit slow, but it was fine. It was good. But I, uh, Roman, Roman's whole thing was that he was an activist and that he stood up for little people. He was a criminal defense attorney, I believe. I don't know. They only paid him five hundred dollars a week, which I thought was very strange at his uh, his first job. Five hundred bucks a week. I only know that because Colin Farrell's character mentioned it, and I went. I thought to myself, "Can you live on that in Los Angeles?" <laughs> Cause I know apartments out there. I'm looking for apartments and uh, I just further up the road in San Jose. That's not further up the road. It, that's not, it's like six hours away. I'm looking for in Northern California. I'm looking for apartments and those are good ones are 2,500, 2,400. You know, how, how can he live? I don't understand. Anyway. And he keeps hearing ringing and just, it just bothers me so much. It just bothers me so much. And he just rambling. It's, it seems like he has, uh, like a a mixture of Asperger's and uh, Alzheimer's, just a double A disease. He's like the Gwinnett Braves, double A. See now, let me explain that joke. That joke <laughs> is not good, uh, but it was meant to be funny. But it, it makes sense because there's the one of the feeder teams for the Atlanta Braves is the minor league team is the Gwinnett Braves. And you know what? The more I talk about it, the less it gets funny. So I'm just going to go ahead and end this episode of the constitutionals. Hey, listen, if you like this, why don't you head on over to cpluscomedy.com where we've got the latest news reviews, features, interviews, and other good comedy bits that only I can provide you with. You can follow us on Twitter at cpluscomedy. Follow me on Twitter at child black white, like us on Facebook, uh, head to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash cpluscomedy. It is a, it's where we house our, um, what's it called? Uh, our main show, which is called News Time. It's the only reason I continue this website. <laughs> so sad, but it's the truth. 
Uh, news Time is a great show that I love so much. I love doing it. It's a, uh, it's a news show, weekly news show, where I, I choose one topic and I just talk, not I'll just talk about it, but I write a script and I, it's highly produced, it's overproduced. And, uh, and this week's episode is, uh, we talk about Frances McDormand, her Oscar speech. We explain what a writer is. She's, she's talking about inclusion writers. I, and a lot of people don't know what that is. I explain what inclusion writer is. I'd even go as far back as to explain what a writer is because that is how news works because that's how what I have to do. A writer, if you don't know, is something that uh, famous people have so that they they feel comfortable before they're performing. So it's, it's a bunch of requests. It's just a list of requests. So uh, musicians, Taylor Swift has one. She basically, she wants... If you arrive before one of her thing, one of her things is if you arrive before because you have you can your, your writer can be as long as you want it to be. It's R I D E R, by the way. So Taylor Swift has uh, if you arrive on her at her tour bus before 11 a.m., you have to bring Starbucks with you like Starbucks coffee. She also asked for a lot of candy, I believe. Um, there's, I think Van Halen has a very extensive writer. Grace Jones does. She's the one I covered in uh, news time because hers is crazy. She likes to shuck oysters, uh, just watch news time. And I explain it all. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That's where a writer is. Watch it. I explain what a writer is and I explain where inclusion writers came from, how long they've been around. Uh, case, uh, let's tell you right now that Francis McDormand is not the one who started inclusion writers. She just learned what it was two weeks ago. So, uh, there's a woman uh, who's at at the University of Southern California who's been working to get equality right in Hollywood for the past I'd say decade or so. Let's do let's do a double decade. What did I say it was before? Two decades. Let's raise it on up to two decades. Anyway, yeah, go watch it. It's a very good episode of news time if i do say so myself and one day i will continue on comedy i just got one more idea for it today so maybe we'll see i have a lot more not a lot more free time but i have a lot more flexible time even with three jobs i can i can i mean it took news time barely got out but i'm not gonna lie news time barely got out but you know that's what life is so Go watch it, please. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Constitutionals Podcast. Continue subscribing. I love you. Bye.